Hello? Alexandra? Hey! Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Life Against the Current, where we acknowledge and empower non-traditional and unconventional paths to successes and goals. With me, Elaine Vargas. Today's guest is actually someone you've heard of, as I mentioned in my episode. For those of you that I that recall, I mentioned that I consulted with my manager from the pizzeria on how I should go about getting a job at this dealership I really wanted to work for and had applied. I'd been working at this pizzeria for four years, and he knew I was hungry for a new venture. And remember that he said I should drive down there and hand-deliver my resume, and the next day I did so and ended up getting hired on the spot? Well, that pizzeria manager is Ricky Arenas. Ricky, we've been working together for how long at this time? How are you guys? Uh, we've been working together for about a year and a half, and now I'm currently blessed to be working with your little brother. I know. Isn't that so crazy? I remember when he told me that he had gotten the job at Anthony's. It was just like flashback of me being his age. It's so crazy. Thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you guys having me. For sure. So I've looked up to Ricky as a mentor of wisdom. And I know for a fact, my little brother sees you as the big brother he never had, who is also his boss, as you heard. I mean, a conversation with you can really feel like 45 minutes when it's been two hours. So again, I am super excited to have you on Life Against the Current, Ricky. I appreciate you guys having me and I'm excited. Yay! So without further ado, what is your Life Against the Current story, Ricky? So I wanted to tell you and everybody that my Life Against the Current is what I would call Amor Fati which simply means love of fate. And yeah. the reason I say that is like you and all your listeners, you will eventually go through things in life and you have to develop the right mindset to love what happens to you. Absolutely. So what the way I look at this is, is by defining good fortune as embracing things that happen to you both good and bad and learning and enjoying all those experiences which is extremely hard to do <laughs> it's easier said than done for, for sure, sure. <laughs> oh yeah especially when you're going through hardships I think you know you just don't embrace it you know you just want to move past it move past it but I think what you said is extremely important is embracing it I'll just give you a little runway um, so you guys can understand. I Because the head of the story is from a dysfunctional family to creating a family of my own. So right now, I'm I'll be 29 in May, which is scary because time <laughs> is essentially flying. But when I was growing up, I've always had like the dysfunctional family. My parents got split up. Um, there was always like drug issues and, you know, like just your your normal South Florida uh, chaos, I guess yeah. you could say. And um, I was essentially forced to grow up pretty fast. You know, when I was 15, my mother was diagnosed with cancer. And around that same time, my father went to prison on a 10 year sentence, which essentially made me become man of the house and made me grow up really fast. And I realized during that time period that essentially I had a choice, you know, to to dig myself a hole and and you know, make things worse and, and be sad and upset or, or mm -hmm. you know, develop some type of depression. 
or to, you know, roll my sleeves up and, and handle stuff as a man. And I think at that time, I've always been like a little mature for my age. But when that happened, I essentially decided that I needed to work. So I got a job at a pizzeria before Anthony's. Mm -hmm. And I was essentially working underneath the table. And the maximum amount of money that I made there on a nightly basis was like $30 cash. And uh, I thought it was great. And uh, I I was working almost every other day. I'd work after school. Um, There's been even occasions where I didn't go to school and I would essentially just work because I needed the money. Were you in high school, middle school? This is high school. High school. So, okay. yeah. So I was basically 14 in, in my freshman year and then sophomore year is when all this chaos started happening. Gotcha. Um, so right when I turned 16, I had a buddy of mine who told me that he was working at another pizzeria. And then he told me what he was making with two people. And I was like, wait, it's two people doing the busing work, like cleaning, <laughs> and you're making how much? It was around like $75, $80, which is double the amount of money that I was making. Wow. So now being legally 16 and able to work, I, I decided to apply. I got the job, and I've been with this company for the last going on 13 years, which is very scary. That's bananas. That, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Essentially, that's where all my my growth um has been happening and we that as far as like people who don't know what anthony's coal fire pizza is we i started with three locations and now we're 67 um it's a wonderful little family restaurant that has grown into a a big corporation and um by the way i have to say i'm so sorry it mind boggles me how big anthony's has grown like ridiculously so much just today actually i was looking at an ad about uh flavored wings is that true flavored beans wings <laughs> oh wings i was like beans. <laughs> <laughs> no we're not there yet eventually <laughs> if there's a demand there's a way <laughs> yeah they they just they're trying they're testing new stuff it's kind of like a dry rub wing uh they do something like this i think in louisiana which is like really good but That's it's just awesome. a, essentially like spices uh which which just enhance the flavor of our wings already wow so but yeah I, as far as like work um you obviously know I went from a busser to a server yep. to to a key and then I became a manager then I became a GM and I've had plenty of opportunities um for growth uh I look at my job not only as a manager but as a leader and as a mentor to to help and shape people's lives for sure to push people to become better and and that's essentially where I met you in Miami Lakes mm-hmm. and um yeah I did everything in my power to become what I would call a lighthouse. And um, I've had this conversation with your brother as well, because this is actually on my Instagram bio. And it says, become the lighthouse, not the tugboat. And what that. that means, what that means is, you know, if, if you if you see somebody that needs help that is stuck in the water or stuck going against the current, sometimes <laughs> wasting your gas and energy and trying to physically pull that person in the direction that you want to take them it, it, it exerts a lot of energy and you're only going to be able to help maybe one or two people. But if you can become a lighthouse, if you can become grounded, if you can share that light and that positivity, you can help so many more people. And I think that what you're doing with this podcast is essentially <laughs> that lighthouse theme that, that I'm talking about. For sure. Thank you. And it's so true because that I, I love that you said that because sometimes it's so difficult for us to like take a step back and look at our surroundings and look at our partner to the right, look to our partner to the left because we're just so focused on us 
and what we do in our lives. And we wake up in the morning and we go to work and we get out of work and it's all about us. But people like you and me and many, many, many others that, you know, want to help others and want to share other stories that can shine some light, be that lighthouse to others. It takes a lot of energy and a lot of will to do it. But but I think it's it's incredible that there are people like us definitely that that want to be that light and shine. Yeah, there's definitely there's givers out there and there's definitely takers mm -hmm. and um, we we coexist. So we we can't just have one. We need both. we need balance. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So as far as like uh, life against the current, um, a couple things I would want to obviously point out is um, I took a very unconventional route. Uh, I got out of high school and. I didn't have any degrees or anything like that. Obviously, I was still working. I was paying mortgage since I was 16. Wow. And what I did is probably what a lot of other high school people do. I made a list. I comprised a list of the top 25 paying jobs in North America. And I wanted to see which is something that I can make a lot of money and uh, try to get a degree or go to school, uh, go to college and, and basically become that thing. Right. And I realized after one semester of school, mm -hmm. that school essentially was not for me. Um, I know that sounds very ridiculous, uh, but it I doesn't. essentially dropped out. <laughs> I You're dropped good. out. <laughs> and since dropping out, I've probably read more books, taken more courses, um, and gotten more like self-education than I've ever did uh, in, in my high school years, at least. That I do um, want to I want to add something to that because you're absolutely right. Just because someone doesn't chooses not to go to a four year institution doesn't mean that there aren't other mediums and other methods mm -hmm. to educate yourself. I completely agree because I also, as you may know, did not graduate from a four year institution yet. I plan to do so one day. Not sure when, but same thing. I'd hit the books. I'd say after work to like ten thirty at night just studying because I couldn't do it at home. So we, I think it requires more discipline and more self, uh, yeah, self-discipline into, you know, getting educated for sure. Yeah. I do think that like the, the self-discipline obviously is it discipline does equal freedom. Mm -hmm. um, if, if you're self-disciplined and, and you can find the things that you want to pursue and you want to study um, the odds are you're going to enjoy what you do and that's leading you down another rabbit hole, which essentially I realized biology is not my thing. <laughs> I don't want to become a doctor. I don't want to become a dentist. And I realized that I love people and, and I love hospitality. And I've been working in this restaurant since I, since I was, you know, 15 years old. And I love being around people. I love mentoring people, coaching people. Um, you know, people choose to go to a restaurant to have their birthday dinner or celebrate a, a wedding or a baby shower, the, the, it's not like you're being forced to go to a certain place. Right. So that, that for me was something that was very special. And I realized that when I became a manager that I control that environment and that culture. And I essentially created a little family of my own mm -hmm. outside my actual family. So um, as far as like school, I, again, we'll, I'll touch on this topic. You do not need a degree, a piece of paper in order to be successful or fulfilled in life. Um, but I do think you need to take action. Um, it doesn't matter how many ideas you have. W w everybody has ideas. You know, what's missing is the will to pursue those ideas and to get through all the ups and downs in life. Yeah. And that's where my life against the current is, is, is love of fate. You know, like I 
hit those roadblocks, um, whether it's not enough money, whether it's, um, you know, I, I, you're aware that I lost uh, a brother and sister when I was 21. Um, you know, and those are things that shift your perception and there are times where you want to give up, where you want to be a victim and you want to ask, you know, why me or why do I have to go through this or, but yep. when when you have the mindset of loving your fate, you essentially look at those things and find the good in those things, and you don't hold on to them. You you allow them like a wave, like a current, to kind of blow over you, and you just let that water back into um, wh- the ocean of thoughts, and and you just continue your day and and chip away. And um, it's it's definitely helped me stay centered, stay disciplined, and most of all, stay at peace with my life and continue to work hard and enjoy my time here on Earth. <laughs> I am so happy again that you're on my show because I absolutely loved what you just said. Because I know you, uh, I know you well, and I know you've you know experienced your fair share of of life happenings. And even then, you have always a smile on your face and you're always thinking positive and you are literally that lighthouse to people. And it really does come down to your choices. Are you going to choose A or are you going to choose B? A might be you're going to be living in a life full of depression, full of why me, full of victimization. But then you choose this other option of like, you're going to pull through this. You're going to move forward and you're going to just become the successful person that has always been in your mindset and you've always been number B. So I applaud you. And I am so, again, so happy you're here. I love hearing your story and I'm so excited (laughs) for others to hear your story. (laughs) Yeah. And and I I would tell you that, um, a lot of that, like looking back, a lot of that has to do with like stoic philosophy. It, it's essentially like things don't happen to you. They happen for you. Yeah. You know, um, you, you can't control what happens to you in life, but you can control how you feel about it, you know? And, and yeah, those feelings might feel like, you know, terrible at first, but it, those feelings, the pain, everything is temporary. You know, it only lasts a certain amount of time. But again, if you decide to hold on to those feelings then then you will carry that baggage with you forever and that and that's where I tell people you know stay in the now and and I want to share this as well because I have a really good analogy that I use with um as far as like anxiety and depression Mm -hmm. there's a lot of I tell you that I'm always grew up with surrounded by people with drug addiction or alcohol addiction and and different problems but the the anxiety and depression issue that we're having now is essentially because people are getting stuck. So what I mean by getting stuck is there is something called time, which I always tell people time is an illusion, right? Right. I've heard this this plenty of times. Yeah. In, (laughs) In this moment right now, all we have is the now, the present. Okay. And in the next couple hours is something called the future. And the next six months is something called the future. And the next year is the future. Right. When there's that future aspect, um, you're always thinking of what is to come. Right. And then when you're thinking of the past, so six months ago, six years ago, Mm -hmm. seven years ago, you're always thinking of what has happened. And that is a mental game. So why I say this is like, imagine you're at the beach. Okay. You, You set your towel up and you're sitting down. And that is what we call the seat of consciousness. So when you're sitting down, you're sitting in the present moment. And your mind 
decides to kind of wander. And when I mean wander, you essentially go into the water, right? right. And the water I, I discuss, like the same way you say life against the current is the water essentially is life. It is constantly moving, it's waves, it's, it's energy, it can take you places. And sometimes when you get in that water, depending on which direction you head to, for example, you can head to the future or you can head to the past, but that water, you're going to drift if you do not stay present, if you do not stay centered. And what happens is if you're thinking about a test to come, if you're thinking about a wedding that you're planning, if you're thinking about closing on this house, if you're thinking about bills you have, then essentially your, your mind is not here and now, it's in the future. So you develop anxiety. You're thinking, you're nervous, you're freaking out. You ha- it's like, oh my God, this is going to be here. It's in five yeah. minutes, I got to get ready, I got to do this. And, and that's, that's being anxious. And that's, that's also an illusion. It's something that you create, right? And then when you go through a, a bad breakup, when you go through what I've gone through, which is losing a brother and a sister, uh, when you go through a family divorce, and when you go through failing a test and you sit there and you hold on to that and you're like, damn, if I only would have done this or if I only would have stopped at that stop sign, I never would have gotten that car accident. If I would have done this differently, right? that essentially is depression and that's being stuck in your past. And that's, again, it's not being present. It's not staying in the here and now. And I know you know what it's like to be at the beach and playing with your family and friends and you're in the water and all of a sudden you decide to say, where are we sitting? Where, where's the, bl- where's the blanket? Where's the towel? Yeah. And you realize how far you've drifted and imagine the work you have to do. If you stay in that water, just to get back to the present time, the present here and now it's a lot of work. Oh yeah. My mind is blown. That analogy was so perfect because it's so <laughs> true. I have, so because of my move, I've had a lot of anxiety. Like I, I, I can say I suffer from anxiety, but it's because of that. It's because of like, holy shit, I'm so far away from my family. Holy shit, holy shit, holy shit. It's like all these things that just like, I'm either in the past or I'm in the future. Like, But it's never like taking the moment to really understand and sit down and be like, this is where I'm at right now. It's okay. Worry about tomorrow, tomorrow. And worry about yesterday when it happened just yesterday. And I think that that's a perfect analogy because it is so true. Like that anxiety just comes from the unknown the unknown mm-hmm. of the future and the unknown of what your past decisions is going to bring to the future. Does that make sense too? Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And that, and again, we talk about that water and that flow and those waves that if you stay in the here and now, if you stay present, that water becomes calm. You know, that water becomes peaceful. It's, it's almost like being at a sandbar and, and you can just hang out and relax and, and your thoughts are not taking you to the future. They're not taking you to the past. They're not, you're not being thrown around here and there. You, you're just so in the zone, which is, which is almost like a flow state, which I'm sure you've, you've experienced before, which people talk about as well. But um, yeah, that, that is essentially is, is the way I look at things. And, and I think that like defining things and looking at things from a different perspective is, is a very powerful tool. Um, Elaine, I will tell you that you have changed many things in your life. You have changed schools. You've changed boyfriends. You've changed um, jobs. jobs. You've changed mm-hmm. so many. Your phone, you know, your your purses. But a lot of the things that people don't change, the one thing that I think people don't change is their mind. They don't change the way they think. They don't change, you know, the, their habits. You know, when I see people that say, you know, New Year, same me, you know, it's like <laughs> your hair is 
you're thinking about dyeing your hair, but eventually your hair will change colors. Like yep. you have, you have either they're going to change colors or you're going to lose it. You know, yeah. Thing, things are changing and you have to adapt and, and change with it and embrace that growth. So how do you calibrate? You, ta- you, you talked a lot about, you know, making sure that you don't lose focus and you stay in the present. Well, what happens like in you, Ricky, mm-hmm. um, how do you calibrate? How do you come back? So, this is funny because um, you obviously talked about uh, road signs and, mm-hmm. and you've asked me before and, and even before the podcast, you know, you mentioned to me, like, what is the road sign that I wish I have seen before mm-hmm. that that and the one thing that has helped me a lot. And it's a quote. It says um, the suffering ends when the gratitude begins. Now, if you think about that, it's the same thing, whereas it's you are going to suffer until you start being grateful, until you start appreciating the little things in life. Now, if you're going to sit here and be like, oh, my God, I got another hour of work. Oh, my God, it's so cold. It's it's perception. Right. You are essentially creating your own suffering. And I will tell you that a lot of people suffer more in imagination than they do in reality. Oh, yeah. And (laughs) being able to just be thankful, um, to show gratitude, don't get me wrong. I feel all the emotions that people feel, but I think that I'm able to see them in a different way. And when I feel them, I kind of note them. So I'm like, Oh, you know, that's what jealousy is, or this is me being angry, you know? And instead of acting out of emotion, I just, again, I let those emotions wash over me and then I let them leave. I don't, I don't overreact. And there are days where it's like, I have to pick myself up or I don't have all the energy I want. Um, But again, when you, when you can find um, something to be grateful for and and to appreciate life in a way um, that other people don't, it, the little things make all the difference. And I think that's what helps me like calibrate and stay focused and stay in the here and now. It's literally all the smallest things. And I would like to take the chance to challenge our listeners by identifying three things. And this is super, super random, but because it does, you're absolutely right. And because I do this myself every single day, it's fine. At least three things I'm thankful for. And it's not even, it doesn't even have to be like the biggest thing of all. Like it doesn't even have to be like, oh, I'm healthy. I have money. No. It's literally as simple as you're running a little bit late to work and you have three green lights in a row. That for me is gold. (laughs) I'm beyond grateful. And I actually say it out loud. Wow. Whether it's God, whether it's the universe, whatever you believe in. But I personally believe in God. So I'm like, wow, thank you, God, for that green light. Yeah. And there's a, there's a lot that goes into that. And it could be your, your morning cup of coffee. I know you like coffee mm-hmm. as well, yep. but somebody took the time to roast those beans, to harvest those beans. Somebody took the time to package it and somebody took the time to send it to you, you know? So being grateful for every individual that played a part of your morning coffee is, is probably one simple way to show gratitude. A hundred percent. Yeah. People define success in many different ways. Again, how you define something is how you view it you know exactly um yeah I, I can probably go down a rabbit hole with that but i i'm i'm at peace um i've made something out of nothing um i continue to grow i continue to prosper i'm breathing uh, i'm i'm healthy um i will tell you that in life i think there are five pillars 
I think the, the five things that everybody should work on is, you know, um, yourself mentally, physically. Uh, I think you should work on your relationships. I think you should work on your finances. And I think you should work on a spiritual aspects. And, and I got all those things from like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Mm-hmm. And eventually you will go down those things. Now, some people define success as like um, from a monetary aspect, meaning that, oh, I make $100,000 a year. But if you make 100000 a year and you spend 90000 of it and there's a guy that makes, you know, 50000 oh, yeah. a year and he only spends 8000 of it, you know, who's really rich from right. a from a money standpoint. Um, but I think as far as like what we've been able to overcome and, and where we are mentally and, and at peace. Yeah, I do think we're successful and, um, and it's going to be a never ending battle. You know, it's not something that it's like, we're here, we've arrived, you know, it's something that we're going to continually work on. And um, it's, it's something that it's not, you, you don't obtain it. It's kind of like um, weight. So it's like, yeah, you've reached, the 155 and you're you know you look good but it's like just because you reach it doesn't mean you're going to stay that way right you you have to kind of work on it exactly to me success is like phases like from this age to this age my success looks like this within the next few years my success looks different you know like right now me is you know getting my finances and in play and you know building that stable income so that I can actually build a family and all these things. And then when I build a family, success is going to look so much different. Isn't it so crazy? It yeah, really it's, is it's a, perception too. Yeah. It's a shift in, in your view. And, and you know, what's funny is, is you bring that up. It's like when you go into high school and you probably your sophomore year, you start to look back at like pictures of yourself when you're in middle school and you're like, what was I wearing? <laughs> what was I doing? Like I had, I had earrings in, in both ears, you know, like, uh, just the haircut I had, yeah, just like little things like that. Damn it, Facebook what? reminding yeah. me about these days. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so it's definitely a shift and your priorities do change. And, um, you know, it's funny because like I obviously as a manager and and taking care of people and, and talking to people, I always get the excuse, um, I'm still young. And that's something that it, it doesn't drive me mad, but it's something it that it's like it, you can get an, an edge over you can be so much more beautiful if you decide to to cultivate the things that you should care about and um i actually posted something on instagram that said um the more we say no to things that don't matter the more we can say yes to things that do mm-hmm. and when you're young you're constantly being pushed and pulled in different directions and you might not want to go to that party but you have that fear of missing out or, or somebody's like, come on, please. Like, it's my birthday, you know, and and by sacrificing some of those things, they kind of pull you in different directions. And don't get me wrong. Not everything is going to end up that way. But I have had situations where, you know, somebody has gotten into a fight because they went out that night and they didn't want to go out that night. And, you know, they got arrested or something, right. you know, something happens, you know, and essentially you have to take full accountability for whatever happens in your life. So. If you decide to do something, no matter what the outcome is, and this is, again, the love of fate, because whatever, it might be a bad thing that happens to you or a good thing that happens to you, but you better love it and you better learn from it and and enjoy that experience as much as possible. And it's a hard thing to do. That's why I try to tell people to be very mindful and to stop giving yourself excuses that you are too young. 
Yeah. Because somewhere down the road, you're going to tell yourself, I'm too old. I can't do it anymore. Yep. I actually wish I was younger. It's funny because I talk to my mom all the time and she's like, Mija, you're 24. What are you talking about? I'm like, mom, I wish I was younger. I tell my brother and I'm sure that you also tell him all the time. I feel like you and I in his brain is a good thing. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, I'm, I'm sure he hears me quite often. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. He loves talking about you and something new he learned about something you told him for sure. But I tell him all the time, I'm like, Jerry, you have to do things like now. What do you want to do? You don't have a plan? Okay, well, let's think about it. You know, like he's going to be 20 this year. And it's just like, I want to make sure that people understand that if you want to do certain things, do it now. What do you, there's no, but I'm waiting for this and I'm waiting for this and I'm waiting for that. You can always find a way to make it happen. I honestly yeah. believe that. I agree. And, but I agree there, there are different pressures, right? For because sure. you're, you're, you're like, we use your brother as an example. Um, you know, he, he's a certain age, you know, and growing up your parents, maybe it could be subconsciously that they, they want more, they want him to live a better life. Mm -hmm. They want him to be higher socially. They want him to make more money than them. They want him to have more happiness. They want him to be more educated. They want him to have all these things. You For know? sure. And he can come home, he can come home and, and bring home, you know, the best grades and then, you know, bring home a beautiful drawing he did. And it's like they will praise the, the grades, the results more than the actual process of something. And I think that there's that that it's like a fight in this it's the inner dialogue that we feel where it's like i really want to do this but my parents want to do this and and he as essentially you you're not living your life because you're you're so focused on making your parents proud or or becoming a doctor because your dad always wanted you to become <laughs> a doctor or or graduating from stanford because your father you know was a stanford alumni and i think that you will eventually figure out what you want to do and it it it, it takes time and you don't need to know what what you're going to do, uh, who you're going to become because you're constantly changing. Mm -hmm. But what I will tell you is that if you can develop discipline mm -hmm. and take full accountability for everything, even if it's not your fault, if you can just be accountable for things in life, you will become so powerful. And it's not power that people think when, when I define power, they're like, <laughs> if I ask you, uh, what do you think is more powerful, a man that has control over other people mm -hmm. or a man that has full control over himself? And that's the power I'm talking about. Somebody that has control over his actions, his or her actions, and that when they say they're going to do something, they do it. They honor their word and, and they're disciplined and, you know, and it's, it's, it's hard but if you're making small steps, it's you get better drip by drip, day by day, one task at a time. And eventually you'll get to where you want to get to. You know, it's not going to happen overnight. And I think that that's something with a lot of us is that like we want the results now. Oh, yeah. But but the beauty lies not in the results. It, it, it lies in the process. Absolutely. They, where, where you are living right now. Okay. And, and mm -hmm. from Miami, how far is that? Like the drive or the flight? Uh, almost six hours. Okay. So six hours. So it's, it's a six hour journey, so to speak, to get somewhere. Now, when I was younger, I always used to joke about like, I wish I could teleport so I didn't have to get stuck in traffic, especially <laughs> Miami traffic. Seriously. But, but the trip from point A to point B is six hours, right? 
it's the same thing as as getting anything the the body you want the the person you want the the money you want once you if you get it like that then there there's nothing to look forward to do you get what I'm saying? Like, oh, yeah. if, if, if the, the six hour trip to, to Miami felt like it was one minute, then it's like, you're still where you are. You've gone nowhere. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you've, you've seen nothing different. It's, or we take it for granted. Yeah. A hundred percent. And, and I think that, um, it takes time and you have to chip away. And, uh, I'm reading a book now by Seth Godin. It's called the dip and essentially every body and every business and every person goes through what we call the dip. And it's like this thing where you get motivated, you do something, and then there comes a point where it's like somehow, some way, somehow things get harder or they get more competitive or you run out of capital or you have some type of setback. And if you cannot get through the dip, if you cannot get through that thing, you will not be, quote unquote, successful um, mm-hmm. or you won't be able to get towards closer to the end result or to the end goal. Because you'll probably give up on your dream or you'll give up on your goal because you you weren't you didn't have the willpower to get through the dip, so to speak. Yeah. And the self-discipline, too. Yeah. I think that's 100%. a great topic that you said, because self-discipline, I think, is one of the most hardest things that uh, people have to endure. Um, it's like making sure that you wake up. If you want to lose weight, make sure you wake up in the morning to go to the gym. If you want to mm-hmm. graduate, you have to make sure that you sit your booty down and study and don't go to that party. It's like that thing is so hard, but it's so rewarding. Like when you really reach that quote unquote success, I say quote unquote because success looks so different for so many people. It has, as mm-hmm. we mentioned, it's that self-discipline that really gets you there. Yeah. And I think the self-talk too, when you say something is so hard, you know, if if I were to like, if you describe like even seeing my son, which is now going to be seven months. He's so cute. Yeah. Seeing, <laughs> seeing him, his heart form, you know, the four chambers in his heart, seeing his brain, you know, hearing his heartbeat, seeing all that miraculous stuff be happen over nine months to describe every process is the most difficult thing you can do. And that's like putting it into words. Right. right. But to say, but to just see it, it's a lot easier. So I, I think that a lot of us complicate things by trying to articulate them. What is something that you would leave behind for someone getting ready to embark on a journey like yours? The journey won't be like mine. I, I, I can assure you that. And it, <laughs> it could be worse and it could be better. Um, but the one thing that I, that I always tell people is that it's all in your head. So how hard something is, um, how difficult it may be, uh, how unfair something may be, it's all in your head. It's all how you look at things. It's all your perceptions. Um, Einstein, I believe it's Einstein. Somebody asked him a question about the universe and about his belief of the universe. And he says, if you believe the universe is random, then you start to see things that back up your beliefs so things happen randomly you run into people randomly things are unfair or you know like just random stuff is just happening now if you believe the universe is negative then you start to see all the dark things that happen you see you see people get stabbed 
you see the shootouts, you know, you can't go to school, you know, somebody got in an accident, uh, whatever it is. And if you believe the universe is good, then you focus on all the good things in life and what life has to offer. And, you know, that's something that that I believe is is a huge part, you know, and the sign that I'm going to leave behind is it is all in your head. And that mind game and that inner dialogue and that back and forth that you have with yourself, it it is normal. And I will tell you that it is not you because people say that I don't feel good. It's it's not necessarily you that don't feel good. Yeah, you are experiencing not feeling good, but the feeling good is is it's it's a mind game. At the end of the day, it's it's all in your head. And um, once you realize that, it's it's definitely. Um, an eye-opener, and you will appreciate life a whole lot more. I love it, Ricky. Thank you so much again for being in this episode. I am beyond thrilled to um, have our listeners listen to your story and to your remarks and to your advice and everything that we just talked about on this episode. Um, You're more than welcome again to come whenever you'd like. Please feel free. Perfect. And, Will do. Yes, and many, many, many uh, great things and blessings to you and your family. Thank you again for being in this show. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, and uh, thank you again for being a part of my life. You, your brother, your family, um, everybody is 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 beautiful, and uh, I appreciate all you guys for listening. Thank you for joining me on another episode of Life Against the Current. We're here to encourage and support anyone that takes on a non-traditional life path because we know the challenges that come with it. Want to share your unconventional story with others? Send us a message or email via our Instagram at Life Against the Current. Don't forget to subscribe to our show because we have some really awesome stories coming your way. See you in two weeks.